Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Welcome back to the show. This is our buys and sells episode. We're going to be talking about who we're looking to acquire for our fantasy teams, who we're looking to move off of our fantasy team going into week five. I'm Faraz. We got Zach here with me. Not a whole lot of news to get into, Zach. Um, so let's just get right into it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Chris Olave and why we need to be acquiring him right now. Alvin Kamara had 14 targets last week. Is this how the offense wants to run? No. Okay, uh, Derek Carr probably shouldn't have played with the shoulder injury that he had, but he did play. It resulted in Carr not throwing it deep accurately, and he just ended up checking it down for the whole game, right? He did attempt to throw deep to Alave, but the passes were inaccurate. Only 33% of Derek Carr's targets to Olave were catchable in week four. And coming into the game, it was 72%. One particular pass on the sideline, he tried to gun it in there, short, hit the ground. The play where Olave beat the corner and the safety deep would have been a touchdown. Just needed a good ball. Would have been a 50-yard touchdown. It was short, and Olave had to kind of reach back across the defender in order to try and haul it in, right? So look at the games coming in to week four. Eight for 112 yards. Six for 86. Eight for 104. Ten-plus targets in each game. Elite wide receiver utilization, according to FantasyLife.com. 31% 31% target share, 33% target share, 34% target share in weeks one, two, and three. And then in terms of weighted opportunity, which kind of combines target share and air yards together, coming into week four, he was fourth in the NFL. He was only behind Devonta Adams, Tyreek Hill, and A.J. Brown. All right, He was sitting at ninth coming into week four in expected fantasy points per game. And now he's sitting at wide receiver 32 in actual fantasy points per game okay so but he's a wide receiver one play every week car shoulders getting better it's going to get better the elite utilization 
will continue to be there. And those touchdowns are coming. And when it does, we're going to be viewing Chris Olave as an every week fantasy wide receiver one. Yeah. And if you, if you ask me, you know, I think Chris Olave, I think he's knocking on the door if he's not already. I like think he's a low end wide receiver one in terms of the way he's being used. And I, I've liked what I've seen so far the first three weeks. You know, we talked about the way he's producing. The touchdowns haven't been there. That's only going to help him. We talk about accruing touchdown debt, and there are a couple guys doing that. We saw it with AJ Brown last week. He cashed in big. And now Chris Olave has to be up as soon as Derek Carr gets healthy again. I mean, if you ask me, like I take the receiver that's producing on high target share and high yardage without the touchdowns, you know, then a guy that's producing on, you know, five, six targets, catches a game somewhere in there, scoring a touchdown here or there. And that's what's giving him his boom weeks. But he also has weeks where he's not really startable. Like, I don't I would rather have the guy that's more consistent. And it's easy to say now, you know, because Chris Olave, he's looked good these first few weeks. But I expect Chris Olave to not only be as good as he's been the first three weeks, but he's going to be better moving forward once those touchdowns come. So I, I don't think that there's anything to worry about here. In terms of his volume, I've been extremely impressed. You know, that's what you want to see. And I don't think much has changed for me. Like, I have Chris Olave in a couple of leagues, and I'm not changing the way I view him off of this one game. Like, if you, I don't think it's going to be easy to get him because I think a lot of people are going to recognize that Derek Carr wasn't playing like Derek Carr in this game. But he's only going to get healthier. And I think at this point, if you can go get him, if someone's actually panicking on Chris Olave, you need to take advantage of that every day of the week. And I just think most people aren't viewing Olave as a wide receiver one right now based on what he's done so far. A yeah. lot of the trade questions that I've received, it seems like a lot of people are devaluing him, which is part of the reason why I wanted to talk about him uh, you know, today. Because... You know, the actual value is a wide receiver one and, a per and the perceived value, I think, is of a wide receiver two. So I think there's yeah. a little bit of room here to take advantage of. I, I don't think that's a bad call at all. I think that's 100% true. I mean, I don't think people realize how good a receiver he was last year just because he was his touchdowns like this, the beginning of this season, they were suppressed. You know, he only had, I think it was four touchdowns last year, but he had a ridiculous yards per outrun number. He definitely, I think he led all rookie receivers last year. Yeah, I think that's right. And Good. he's looked every bit like a wide receiver one. It's just he hasn't broken through to get that ceiling yet, but he hasn't been hanging out to dry at all. Like he's been a very solid player in your lineup. You haven't been upset with him in your lineup any week besides this past week. So I, I agree. Go after Chris Olave. He was on my list. But like I said, that idea that I'm not so panicked about him kind of played into me saying, like, I don't know if you're going to be able to get him, but I think that could be a possibility. Like, especially, like you said, people viewing him as a wide receiver too. Speaking of nfc south wide receivers i got another one that you can buy although this one might not be as much of a screaming buy as like chris olave it's drake london now i know there's quarterback trouble in atlanta but with london you want to get ahead of the quarterback change because there's definitely going to be one coming forward in, in the next few weeks there's going to be enough cautious optimism around drake london when it happens that whoever has him isn't going to be willing to move him once that happens you'll make an offer and they'll say I think I want to hold on to him just this one more week. See what Taylor Heineke can do. At that point, you lost. The game's over. <laughs> You're not going to be able to get him for any lower value than he is right now. The fact that the NFC South is competitive only puts more cracks in the thin ice that Desmond Ritter's standing on right now. And there's a chance that we can see Heineke as early as week six. I mean, they're playing the Texans this week. And the Texans have been pretty good on defense. So if Desmond Ritter has another rough showing and the Falcons are still competitive, you know, they're still competitive in the NFC South, they're not going to wait too long to move to somebody else that's going to give them a chance to compete. 
So say that QB change happens then. That would give London a responsible decision maker for the most part. I would qualify Taylor Heineke as one of them with matchups against the Commanders and the Titans over a three-week span going into week eight, out to week eight. So out of two, two out of three weeks between week six and eight, they're playing against the Commanders and the Titans who are allowing the seventh and sixth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers this year. Now, Taylor Heineke would be a step in the right direction, but he wouldn't solve all the utilization problems London has right now. That's on Arthur Smith. There's no reason Johnny Smith should be getting an 18% target share, but he is. But this is a receiver that's seen between six and eight targets in each of the past three weeks. And if the quality of those targets could climb just a little bit, if Heineke would step in, I mean, he'd be able to return nicely on an investment that should be really cheap right now. Whoever has Drake London probably drafted him with the volume and utilization that he was getting last year in mind with Desmond Ritter, and it hasn't been the case this season. So I think you should definitely step in here. Throw out some offers for Drake London, because if that quarterback change happens, I mean, I think the only way to go from here is up because he hasn't been a startable player, really, besides one week this season. And when you have that type of volatility, I don't think people are going to be very inclined to hold on to them if they get a good offer in a trade. There's even a chance that Drake London gets more targets and he's more hyper-targeted because the ball is being spread out a little bit more, right? Bijan getting, you know, Bijan's the only player that Desmond Ritter can hit, hit can hit accurately right now. Right. You know, John o. Smith as well. So for whatever reason, he cannot hit Drake London accurately, consistently, and as often as we'd like, right? So I, I agree. Get ahead of this. It's going to happen at some point. All right. Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. I know you have accounts on all these betting apps. You have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not, and you lose track of where you place certain bets. And it gets confusing. Not anymore. With Better Vision, all your tra- all your bets tracked in one place. And not only that, the best part is Better Vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. Most of you guys do that anyway. You like a play. You look through all of your apps for the best odds, and you play on that app. Why not have a side-by-side comparison all on one screen within one app, and then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision, and you're good to go. Go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the App Store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O. So that's better, B-E-T-T-O-R, Vision in the App Store today. Another high-end RB1 that you can buy, who a lot of people aren't viewing as a high-end RB1 like they do with Christian McCaffrey, like they do with Bijan Robinson, maybe a Kyron Williams, and that's Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard is currently third in the NFL in expected fantasy points per game based on his opportunity, only behind Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey. Alvin Kamara, is there as well, but that 14 target game skewed things a little bit, right? Especially in PPR. Um, so I don't expect Kamara to be there, you know, up here in this list in a couple weeks. But only Pollard and McCaffrey are the ones up here who've played more than one game this season, right? So that shows you that those two guys are here to stay when it comes to the opportunity that they're getting. Austin Eckler, 26.4 fantasy points in week one. Christian McCaffrey averaging 30 fantasy points per game. Tony Pollard averaging 16.6 fantasy points per game. Kyron Williams is next up in expected fantasy points, and he's averaging 20.4 fantasy points per game. Okay, so something's got to give with Pollard here. We know the talent is there. He's had to deal with a blowout in week one in which he got pulled early. A blowout this past week in which he got pulled early, only 53% of snaps. 
But in the two close games against the Jets and the Cardinals in weeks two and three, he's averaging 29 touches. The fact that he's still able to maintain himself as the RB12 on the year, you know, despite all that is pretty impressive. So I, I don't see blowouts on the horizon here coming up. 49ers, Chargers, Rams, Eagles. So if you're looking for that high-end running back who's actually somewhat affordable as of right now, I think Pollard is the guy that you want to aim for. Yeah, and I'm in a complete agreement here. And it's, again, another situation where I feel like the way we look at Tony Pollard might not be the way other people look at him. I mean, nobody's going to match Christian McCaffrey. Like, comparing Tony Pollard and Christian McCaffrey, or Christian McCaffrey to anybody, for that matter, you know, it's just like, it's an exercise in futility. You're not going to find somebody to match what Christian McCaffrey's doing. So he's off in his own world. He's RB1. But Tony Pollard, in the landscape of running backs, the volume that he's seen has been, besides maybe B. John Robinson, and Josh Jacobs, the best of the bunch. Like, they use Tony Pollard when he's on the field 100%. You know, like, there's no question about the workload he's going to get. The only thing that's kept him off the field is the game script. Like you mentioned last week, we only saw just a little over 50% of snaps. Deuce Vaughn was taking carries at the start of the fourth quarter. Hunter Lipke, the fullback, was the goal line hammer late in that game. That could have been a Tony Pollard touchdown easily if it was remotely close. But they've used Tony Pollard a lot. And the fact that they're resting him in those games when they're far away tells you they plan to continue using him a lot because why would you put all this excess mileage on your running back if you're going to keep using him that way? It's just going to run him out. So I'm not worried about the usage at all. I think this is a really good call here. If people are worried about Tony Pollard having a quiet week like he did this past week in a game where they were up 38-3 and they were up 28-3 at halftime, like if people are worried about that, then they deserve to have Tony Pollard taken off their team. You know what I mean? Do that for them. Take them, take him off their hands and assure them that he will be in good hands moving forward. I'm not worried about Tony Pollard at all. And it's funny because I have a similar argument for another player on the Cowboys who's also my second buy. And it's not really like I've I'm I'm not saying you're gonna be able to buy this guy very easy, but I think it's worth a heat check. I like using that term a lot. Heat check, meaning like the person that has him probably isn't going to be that inclined to move him, but they might be open to it. I want to heat check CD Lamb. And it's funny because a lot of what you said about Tony Pollard follows through for CD Lamb. I mentioned that the game's coming up. The game script is going to be so much better, guys, moving forward these next four games. In terms of a fantasy football perspective, these are much tougher matchups. They're not going to be blowouts. I don't think a single one of these could really be a match a matchup where Dallas goes up and stays up. It's not going to happen against the 49ers. Chargers have too much firepower on offense, even though the, the Cowboys' defense is good. The Rams are going to have, hopefully, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua on offense um, when they play them, and the Eagles are the Eagles. So you'd be lying if you said you weren't a little disappointed with CeeDee Lamb starts of the 2023 season, right? Like, he's got just one finish inside the top 10 so far. The rest of the games, he's averaged 12 points per game. Now, he hasn't let anybody down either. But there's a chance that, and there's a chance that you'll be immediately denied when you check on CD Lamb's price. But it's worth a shot given that he's had just four catches in three of his four games this year. Like we pinned CD Lamb coming into the season as this volume guy, and he hasn't seen that through a couple of weeks. And that might be enough to set some alarms off people's heads to be like, well, wait a minute, why is Jake Ferguson getting seven targets in three of his four games? You know, is he suddenly going to play this larger role? I think it comes down to the game script at that at this point. But when you look at the game script, Lamb has been quiet because the Cowboys haven't been in game scripts where they've needed to pass the ball a lot, and that's about to change, like we just mentioned. His utilization, Lamb, his it doesn't really jump off the stat sheet either right now. Just 23% target share. It's not dominating by any means. 
Um, that's not anything close to what we saw last season where he was just this guy that was getting the ball force fed to him pretty much any time they could get it. But that has a chance to change for the better in the future. So I just check with the person in your league who has Lamb, much like you would do with Tony Pollard. See if you can get him at a discount because I think his volume is about to increase and his value is about to explode these next couple of weeks when we start seeing some competitive game scripts. I love it, man. I, I think I think CD is somebody that, you know, it, it is very similar to Pollard, right? Because the game script kind of messed things up. And when you look at this four-game sample that they played, two of those games were just blowouts, and it's hard to really tell. And then even the Jets game also is a tough one because, you know, they were just running the ball, and they didn't really need to do a whole lot later in that game. So Pollard ended up getting a ton of work. They even had to bring in Dowdle to you know run, run a, a ton as well because they were like well we already gave 28 carries to pollard like how many more can we give them because they ended up with more than 40 carries. if i'm not mistaken they had more than 40 running back carries in that game <laughs> so <Yeah>. like <laughs> it's it's a situation where uh, and look what the patriots did last week well yeah last week against the jets right where it was a lot of Ramondre and even a lot a lot more of zeke as well so you know it's a situation where teams aren't going to really test the Jets, uh, you know, in the past game, if they don't need to, at least, right? Uh, look right. at Patrick Mahomes, right? Just this past week against the Jets, it, it wasn't there. So there are going to be situations where CD might not come through, but I feel like we kind of like went through a, a rough patch here, and there are definitely greener passers, you know, coming up for sure. Yeah. Oddly um, enough, just one more note here. It's pretty hilarious because CD Lamb had his best game against the Jets. <laughs> That's when he got yeah. his 14 targets. Sure. So the, the sheer number of offensive plays that Dallas ran that week, like you're not going to have a game where Dallas runs twice as many plays as their opponent moving forward. And that was the case right. in that game. And that's why you see Tony Pollard with such a high snap share, such a high opportunity share. And then you also look at CD Lamb. He also had his big game. Like we're going to see more situations. Um, where they're going to be neutral and it's going to be less plays, maybe higher quality touches where they're not just trying to run the clock out. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. By the way, guys, if you're following what we're doing over on Instagram at Upper Hand Fantasy, you probably know that every Wednesday, Tyler, who used to run the ridiculously successful Fantasy Football 101 account on Instagram, puts out his buy and sell articles along with his trade chart on UpperHandFantasy.com. It should help you out, try to figure out some trades if you, if you need it um, as a resource. So you can go check that out if you're looking for more context on some deals that you can get done. Okay, the website also has uh, this week's positional and flex rankings, so make sure to go check that out, UpperHandFantasy.com. If you wanted a chance to move away from DJ Moore, I think this is your chance before Thursday night, okay? He's a very good player, but he's not in a great situation. Denver's defense made Justin Fields look like Joe Montana out there. Moore ended up with eight catches for 131 yards and a touchdown. This is DJ Moore's best fantasy day since October of last year. And that was the game where, if you remember, Zach, PJ Walker found Moore for that 62-yard touchdown in overtime to win the game. Right? You remember that? So there, there was Actually, no... There, I don't want to you off here. It's pretty hilarious. It's fine. They didn't win that game. Do you remember? Because he took his helmet off. <laughs> and then they missed the extra point and lost in overtime. It went to overtime. That's they lost. right. Do you remember that? That was hilarious. See, that's wait, one they, thing. Wait. Did wait, yes. hold on a second. Did they they lost because of that? I thought they that was I thought oh wait, oh so oh was that what made them go into overtime? Yes, it was twenty three to twenty nine, I think is what was the score was. And they scored the touchdown, so it was twenty nine twenty nine, but DJ Moore took off his helmet. They called him for a personal foul or something, you know, on sportsmanlike conduct, pushed the kick back 15 yards. The kicker shanked it, and then they went in overtime and lost. <laughs> Just a side note there, because I do remember that, and it's hilarious. And I don't want to cause PTSD, but, like, we have to remember that <laughs> that's a dumb rule, and I, I remember that game clearly. It was hilarious. Okay, so it wasn't a 62-yard touchdown in overtime. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, it was at okay. the end of the game. Anyway, still, at- you know. Garbage time. It wasn't supposed to happen. Oh man, that's so interesting. That's so funny that that happened that way, dude. I remember that. And and what a yeah. what a what a crazy finish. But if you had DJ Moore, like you were definitely happy that week for sure. Um, yeah, because a sixty-two yard touchdown at the end of the game or at the end of the game, it's it's the best. 
Now, yeah. before this nine-target game that he just had, he had a two-target game, a seven-target game, a six-target game, and that's not really going to get it done. Those are high target shares, by the way. The seven targets and six targets are close to 30% target shares. Okay? So that just tells you how much the Bears pass the ball. Um, outside of this Denver game, where Justin Fields threw the ball for 334 yards and four touchdowns, Fields is averaging 175 yards passing and one passing touchdown. Okay? I'm taking advantage of what came out of this Denver game if I can. He had that garbage time touchdown in Kansas City in week three with like three minutes left in the game, four minutes left in the game, whatever it was. Moore does have Washington coming up, okay, which is a decent matchup. He has a great matchup against Minnesota. But I rather use these good matchups as selling points than try to squeeze more production from him, okay? I think that a lot of people are worried about this passing offense, but when you kind of sell them, on the idea of two good matchups coming up, it's easier to sell. Okay. I wouldn't want to, you know, go and like, you know, try to take advantage of these matchups. The risk being that A, he doesn't come through. Okay. And then B, once these good matchups are done, what's the appeal? Right. The appeal would only be there if DJ Moore ends up killing it in these two games, also. Right. So, you know, he's sitting at the wide receiver 17 right now with 15.4 fantasy points per game while his expected fantasy points is sitting at 10.8 fantasy points per game. Okay, that ranks 49th among wide receivers. So that discrepancy tells you that he's overproducing right now. Let's remove week one. Let's just, let's let's say that you have an argument that they needed time to gel. Okay, he only had, I think, two targets in that game. Wide receiver 10 in fantasy points per game uh, at 18.9 if we remove that game. But still, the wide receiver 30 in expected fantasy points per game at 13.4, okay? So Moore is profiling more as a wide receiver three than a wide receiver two right now, and I think he might be viewed as a wide receiver two. Um, so you might be able to get a little bit of value out of him after his big game. Yeah, and you talk about the wide receiver three, wide receiver two conversation. I think that's right on the money because you look at the game log, you have those. Not only do you have the game log, you can look forward two games and say he has good matchups coming up, but you also look back two games and it looks like the horrific week one was corrected, you know, based on just the fantasy point output that he's had. But what gets masked is the fact that last week, the week before, I should say, not last week, because last week was against technically Broncos. But when they played the Chiefs, uh, you mentioned it, the late touchdown saved the day. There wasn't a whole lot going on for him in that game. Otherwise, I think this is a really good spot to sell uh, DJ Moore. You're not going to be able to move him, I think, after this next week. I mean, it's a decent matchup, but his value isn't going to be much higher than it is right now. You talk about that perceived value. You look at the volume that he's getting. It's not going to be enough to keep up. Like you mentioned, in the past three weeks, he's averaging 18.9 points per game. It's just not going to be there. It's not going to be enough. And this was a concern coming into the season. Uh, I don't want to come out. I don't want to go back and say like, oh, well, we were right because he's having a decent season so far. But you look at the way he's producing it's pretty much matching the concern that we had. You know, we talked about him. I talked about him on the bust episode. I said, is there going to be enough quality targets going his way on a weekly basis for him to be consistently performing? And it might be working out so far, but we know that these things tend to regress to the mean where the volume, you know, that's king. So if he's not getting the volume that he needs, he's going to eventually regress. And at this point, especially like you said, against the Broncos, they did everybody a big solid here and they made him sellable, DJ Moore. So I'm with you on this one. And it's pretty hilarious because I did this last time when we did our buy with Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb. I'm staying on the same team here. And I'm going to say that you should sell Justin Fields. Now, 
there's a caveat to this. I talked about the immediate takeaway from the game this past week, you know, obviously against the Broncos. I thought the immediate takeaway was that you should sell Justin Fields. But I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here because I just want to help you imagine for a second what holding on to him could look like. Now, I'm not saying you should be buying him, but if you have him and you like what you saw against the Broncos and it's easy to like what you see against the Broncos, like I just want to paint a little picture here. I'm going to play devil's advocate. He's actually been relatively serviceable this season and he finally has a performance that you can build on. Right. So he's averaging 18.2 points per game over the first four games. And that places him as a high end QB, two. So he's not completely off the radar. It's not like we drafted him high. We did. And he's not performing for you at all. It only stings as bad as it does to see him underperform because we drafted him so high. But he hasn't gone full Daniel Jones on us and thrown up a six bomb in the game log. So that's got to count for something. Right. I think you should definitely be fielding offers for him and using him in negotiations. And that's why I have him as a sell. But it's, and that's especially if you can move up a few legs, uh, pegs at QB. Targeting a guy like Kirk Cousins and Brock Purdy wouldn't be a bad idea. I think you could go get them if you want to add security with some upside versus the volatility of fields. But you look ahead with what the Bears have coming up. We saw what Justin Fields just did in a good matchup. And like I said, we're taking this all with a grain of salt because it was the Broncos. But you look ahead, the next four weeks, he's got four straight matchups against teams currently ranking inside the top 10 for the most points allowed to QBs this season. That's the Commanders, the Vikings, the Raiders, and the Chargers. Imagine he gets things going. Like, if he starts throwing, if he keeps throwing like he did last week, if he gets a little bit going in the ground game, could we see a midseason breakout like we did last year? Like, And again, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's something worth considering here because have you been left out to dry yet by Justin Fields? No, I don't think you have, besides maybe week one. He's got a good slate of games coming up I think if things start clicking, and I'm not saying they're going to, like I said, the, the Bears are all kinds of messed up right now, but they can score points. I think Justin Fields could be better than a lot of people are thinking he's going to be just based off what we've seen so far. I think that it's easy to say sell after you play the Broncos, but I look ahead and I'm thinking maybe it's not such a bad idea to hold on to him. I, I totally understand that. Um, I would say that if you have a good deal on the table, take it. I would say if you want to start another quarterback over him, do it. Like, uh, you know, CJ Stroud, Brock Purdy, these guys, Matthew Stafford, yeah, even like I'm knows. cool with it. Um, especially if he got Cooper cut back. If not, maybe Justin Fields is still the start. But, you know, good matchups, like you said. I wouldn't, I would, a lot of people are asking me if they should just drop him. And I, the answer every time is no. Right. right. You got to stash him at this point, at the very least. Um, there are people dropping Justin Fields. You see it all the time. People are picking back, picking that him back, back up, away. and yeah, I mean, there's too much upside here, guys. Okay, um, so sell him if you can, and like you said, man, like if anything, you know, you if you, you keep him and he does his thing against these good matchups, it all comes down to the rushing for me. You know, if he starts right. killing it in the passing game in these good matchups, it wouldn't surprise me because that's how a lot of these quarterbacks are getting it done against these crappy NFL teams. But at the end of the day, if Justin Fields gets that design rushing attempts up, it was at 10% again this past week, man. Like, that's not what we want. We need it to be right. higher. Um, that's my concern. So if it doesn't go up, it, it was really, really, and I talked about it on Instagram last week, where the design rushing attempts went up from 10 to 20 to 32 
and then went back down to 10 again <laughs> this past week. So it's like, you know, we were, we were almost there. We were almost there, Zach. And I'm hoping that it can go back up because if it does, that's really where, where, where all the value is. Yeah, 100%. And just one thing, too. Was it last year? I think it was last year. The Bears played the Commanders on Thursday night. <laughs> and that's when Justin Fields started looking like a QB1. He had his first top 12 performance. And this is just obviously lore pretty much at this point. But first top 12 performance against the Commanders on Thursday night football. I remember that. <laughs> and after Uh-oh. that, he went on a streak. So not saying it's going to happen, but just something worth mentioning. Because I remember seeing this in the schedule. I was like, didn't we just play this game? Because everybody... this. They're doing the same thing this year that they did last year. They're complaining about the Commanders and the Bears on Thursday night football. They're like, what are they doing as schedule makers? And I, re- I recognize them like, this was the Justin Fields breakout game. So just throwing it out there. I'm not a Justin Fields apologist or hype man, but I'm just saying. Just a fun fact. <laughs> Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I love it. I I have a PSA, and that's not to panic sell Puka Nakua because Cooper Cup is being activated off the pup. First off, there's a report from Diana Rossini saying that they want Cup to be 80 to 90% healthy when they do activate him for a game, which they haven't done yet, by the way. And she said that they don't feel like he's there yet. Okay, and if that's true, that would mean that it's possible that Cup doesn't play in week five. And then they give him another week, maybe two. Is it possible he plays this week? Yes. And even in that scenario, Puka Nakua is not just going to go away when Cup is back. Okay, Puka is playing a different role. He's kind of playing a mix between Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, right? He's running almost 70% of his routes on the outside. That doesn't overlap with what Cup does. And when a player earns these type of targets and has this type of production to go along with it, these players are usually here to stay, right? It's like when we thought Amon Ross St. Brown wasn't going to continue to kill it because 
he didn't he he did what he did without DeAndre Swift and without TJ Hawkinson on the field. You remember that? Because yeah. if Amon Ra wasn't good, the ball would have just been spread out and he wouldn't have got the target share that he deserved. According to Fantasy Life data, Puka is third among wide receivers in target share this year. He's the wide, fantasy wide receiver four on the year. He's the wide receiver five in expected fantasy points on the year. So he's not overproducing based on the opportunity that he's getting. I, I think the one thing that will be affected is that he won't be the first read on as many plays, right? And I think that is what is going to move him down to a wide receiver two, right? I don't see a situation where he's not a top 24 wide receiver, even when Cup is back. And, you know, given the mystery around this hamstring injury that Cup needed to see a specialist for and all that, I don't want to panic sell here, right? Is there a world where Cup just isn't right this year? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to put a percentage on that. I have no idea. I'm not his doctor. I don't know. But it's a little, it's a little iffy. Okay. I will package sell Puka to get an every week wide receiver one or or a running back one. Like, can you package him up and get Tony Pollard right now? You know, that's that might be something I try and do, right? I just talked about Tony Pollard being a buy. I'll do something like that, right? But I'm not yeah. gonna sell him because I'm worried about what happens when Cooper Cup comes back and I just sell him for, you know, less than what his value is. Right. And and that's the way you have to treat Puka Nakua. And this is we we I think we've talked about Puka Nakua on like almost every um trade podcast that we've done this season so far. It's hilarious. But the way you have to treat Puka, like I said, is just his value isn't going to drop significantly out to the point where it's like, well, now I don't want to put you're questioning whether you want to put him in your lineup. Where he goes in your lineup might change. Like you said, he's wide receiver one right now. He'll probably be wide receiver too, but there's no situation where he's going to lose the value because we've seen what he's done these first few weeks. The target share has been ridiculous. This isn't a case of overproduction. This isn't like Clyde Edwards Hilaire the last, the first few weeks moving forward, you know, um, last year. And he had this huge production, but the volume didn't match it. This is production and volume. So there's nothing to worry about with Cooper Cup. Uh, uh, Puka Nakua. Cooper Cup will come back. I agree. I'm not really sure what we think about Cooper Cup coming back. If he's not going to be 100%, I'm not saying that he's not going to do that. But I remember I mentioned that coming into the season. I was like, what if Cooper Cup doesn't come back 100%? I, I wasn't talking about Puka Nakua at that point. But if he doesn't come back 100%, Puka Nakua, I think he could operate as a de facto wide receiver one for a week or two while he gets right. And that's going to be plenty enough. You know, It's not going to drop his volume significantly to the point where you don't want to start him in your lineup anymore. I think you look at what you can get for Puka right now, I'm going to hold on to him unless I'm making like a blockbuster trade and I'm going to get a really good player back. Like you mentioned, Tony Pollard. Like if I'm not getting somebody that's like tops at their position with Puka Nakua and you'll have to put more into a deal with Puka to go get him. If I'm not getting anybody that's high tier right now at their position, you know, I'm not really interested in moving Puka Nakua right now because he's going to produce for you regardless. If even if he's not averaging 15 targets a game, you know, pretty much like he's had these past couple of weeks he's going to be getting enough work that he's going to be plenty fantasy relevant. And let's see, I have another sell and Puka Nakua, you know, I, I agree with that one. This one feels a little bit like low hanging fruit because Romeo Dobbs right now, I think he's a sell because Christian Watson role is going to increase as time goes on. But it's the truth about Romeo Dobbs. You know, he's put up a season high 38% target share and 41% area arc share. Coincidentally, in Watson's first game of the season, 
but that was with Watson on the field for just 48% of routes. And Watson's going to be ramped up these next few weeks. So Romeo Dobbs, he's had the target share in more games than not. He's been the leader for the Packers. But Dobbs' workload is going to presumably decrease as everybody gets healthier around him. Not to an insignificant level. Like Dobbs isn't going to just disappear into the distance. But enough that saying he's reached peak value on the year right now in week four, I don't think that's a crazy statement. You know, at this point, you can leverage that relative mystery that's been hanging around the Packers offense. Last week, it was Dobbs. It's Jordan Love's go-to guy. But then two weeks before, it was Jaden Reed. So there's a chance that Dobbs and Watson, they're both solid fantasy wide receivers, and neither takes over as wide receiver one. But there's only one receiver in the room that can dominate target share once they're healthy. And I think that's going to be Watson. Not to mention that Aaron Jones also getting healthier. He'll be mixed in on passing downs. We saw him get a 15% target share back in week one when he pulled it was I think it was like I'm not sure it might have been week two but regardless you have two guys who are going to get targets in this offense getting healthier who haven't been part of the offense Dobbs has looked better this season than he did last year you know we talked about him not being the most talented guy in the world but he has a connection with Jordan Love but when you have a playmaker like Christian Watson coming back and a nice reliable receiver and Aaron Jones coming back Dobbs isn't going to be able to hold on to the utilization that he's had these first four weeks. I, I just don't think that's going to continue on a regular basis. So I would maximize his value right now, move him for a receiver. Like I mentioned before, Drake London, I think if you put Dobbs and another side piece into a deal, you could go get Drake London right now pretty easily. And I'd be very happy if I could do that. You might be able to get a one for one, man. <laughs> I, I can see that I happening. Mean, certainly. Yeah, I, I might, I, I might start that. there. I might start there and see what happens because some people might look at, London is like not startable and they look at what Dobbs has been doing and they're like, all right, well, I'll throw Dobbs in my lineup. And honestly, I'd rather start Dobbs right now too. So this might mm-hmm. be a situation where Dobbs can do his thing. Now it's interesting because Dobbs, his target share has gone up, you know, from weeks two to week three. And then from weeks three to week four, 38% target share last week, 26% the week before. Those are two very, very good target shares, 24% for the season. So, is Dubs turning into a target earner, right? That's the question that I have here, right? And, you know, week one and week two does not help his case. 19% and 13%, right? That's below the wide receiver three thresholds. So those are the situation. That's what I'm looking at. Now, in those two games, he was under, you know, he was not at a full-time role, right? He was under 80% route participation in those two weeks. But when he did get that full-time role above 85% route participation, 26% and 38%. So I'm, you know, is, is there a world where both him and Christian Watson end up doing their thing and they're both startable, like you mentioned, like you alluded to a little bit? Yeah, I think it is possible. So um, if I can get an upgrade, the way that I'm t- doing with dubs is that I don't think people are viewing him as like a legit standalone piece that gets started every week. So he is like the, he's a classic, like package him up with somebody to upgrade. Right. And, and I probably sound like a broken record whenever I say that kind of stuff, because like, but those are the only type of trades that I like to do. Like, to be honest with you, Um, the only time I do the opposite is when I'm struggling and I need to break down one stud into two pieces that are startable. And that's only when I'm desperate. So I think he's that guy who you package up if you're going to move him right now. But there is a world where he ends up, you know, still being a top 36 wide receiver potentially. Okay. Now, if you guys aren't signed up with Underdog Fantasy right now and you think you know fantasy, you're making a mistake. All the fantasy knowledge that you apply to your weekly lineups can win you money by playing Underdog Pickums. How does it work? 
you go pick a few players you like or you don't like this week. You choose higher or lower, and then you stack them up into one entry for a chance to 20 extra entry amount or more. And that's new. And I'll talk about that here in a second. And right now, new users will get one of those picks for free. It happens to be Justin Fields for Thursday night. He needs only one yard in any way possible. And you have one of those picks fully taken care of for you on your way to 10x or 20x or even 30x or 40x your entry. Maybe Sam Howell higher than one and a half passing touchdowns against the Chicago defense. Maybe Brian Robinson over 63 and a half rushing yards. Terry McLaurin, if you choose him to score a touchdown for you this week, you get an even bigger multiplier on that pick. Okay, I have this set of five pick Zach. Justin Fields scoring a rushing touchdown. Brian Robinson over 63 rushing yards. Terry McLaurin over a half a touchdown, so him scoring a touchdown. Sam Howell more than one and a half passing touchdowns. And Khalil Herbert scoring a touchdown. If I throw in 100 bucks on that and I hit, it'll pay out $5,600. That's 56X, okay? So by the way, New users also get the first deposit doubled up to $500. And in order to get the Justin Fields pick and your first deposit doubled, just use code UPPERHAND when you sign up on the Underdog Fantasy app. You can go to underdogfantasy.com or you can click the link in the, in the description of this episode and use code UPPERHAND. That's going to do it for this episode, guys. If you could just take a minute out of your day to go subscribe to the podcast on your podcast app on your phone, that would mean the world to us. It would make so much of a difference. You have no idea. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back tomorrow talking quarterbacks and running backs going into week five.